We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another Welcome to the J episode. I am your host, Jahans Madiga, a.k.a. Canadian Red Bull. Woo, the guest that I have with me, he's been a guest on the show before. He is basically family at this point. But before we get into it, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. You guys know I always urge you to do this. There's so much content that we're bringing out every single day. Different alma maters are presenting their schools like I'm doing today. Also, we got a whole bunch of uh, college basketball announcers and, and guys used to broadcast on the sidelines talking about what's going on in the current state of college basketball. So it's a whole lot of fun over there. Make sure to like and subscribe to that. We have a reoccurring guest. He is our fourth guest of season number three. He is an original member of the Managers. He's affectionately known as Manager Mike. And more recently, obviously, he's been a big time helper in bringing TBT to Omaha, Michael Vandervoort, a.k.a. Mickey Mike. Welcome back to the show, brother. Oh, thanks, Jerry. absolutely goatee mustache today. I love yeah. it. Let me, let me, well, I'll apologize and then I'll explain it. One, it looks bad. <laughs> I am doing Movember, which is a mustache fundraiser for mm. men's suicide, men's um, colorectal health, and uh, I've only raised like $350, but it's a good excuse to grow this wispy looking thing that I have. So I decided to go full mustache for this morning as I was uh, participating in a turkey trot. And uh, now here we are live with the man of the hour, Jahens Manigat, to broadcast to the world this mustache. I'm not the man. You're the man of the hour. You're the one's the guest on this show. And we're going to talk a lot of Jay's basketball for sure. Hey, look, I've never been a mustache guy. Like people know me. I always just keep this little bottom piece, but I'm airing it out right now. Next year, I'm with you. Movember, I'm I'm helping you raise as much money as possible. I'm going to be doing it with you. Deal? Does that sound like a deal? Deal. Deal, deal. I'll add you to my team. I have a team of zero right now, so I would love to grow it by 100%. All right, you're at, you're captain. I'll be assistant captain. We're gonna Perfect. do it like 
hockey players do. Perfect. <laughs> First of all, obviously, we're recording this on Thanksgiving Day, so I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy How Thanksgiving. Doing? How are you holding up? Life is good. I am down in San Antonio celebrating with uh, our close friend, Doug McDermott, mm-hmm. uh, as his family has abandoned him uh, for Hawaii. For, Apparently for there was something something this. going on in Maui. Um, but the weather there is not very good. We just we just had a quick FaceTime with Coach Mack, and he was um, – it's windy, it's cloudy, it's rainy. We might have the better end of the deal here in San Antonio. Sun just came through, mm-hmm. 70 degrees. So you're Not saying so San Antonio weather is better than Maui weather right now on Thanksgiving Day is what you're saying? Uh, right now, at this very moment, I think we have better weather than Maui. Fair enough. We've got lots to talk about. Obviously, as we're recording this, this is the post-Maui Invitational Show. We were supposed to record on Sunday, but we thought better of it that maybe three games to talk about was better than just uh, the one that we just had previously, which was... Uh, Riverside, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Maui is one of the most prestigious Thanksgiving tournaments in collegiate hoops. Growing up, I was a huge fan of it. When we were in college, we were always hoping, praying, wishing <laughs> that we have a chance to go to Maui. Ten years later, here we are. The boys finally make it out to Maui. Before we even get into the competition and how the boys looked and all of that, Talk to me about the first time you heard that Crane was going to go to Maui. I think it was announced last year or maybe the year before that. I don't quite remember. But the first time you heard it, like, I was flabbergasted, obviously. What was your reaction to knowing that, whoa, like, we're we're kind of big time now that we get a chance to play in this tournament? I mean, that, that was the thought. Like, we are big time. I think, I mean, in a lot of ways, well-deserved. You know, I think Coach Max said, in his 36 years of coaching like this it's not like the pinnacle but it's definitely a very prestigious group to be a part of and um Mm -hmm. good for the players good for recruiting good for the families good for boosters i mean all around like i haven't heard a bad thing from the people i've talked to that have been there and it helps when you're winning games for sure but Mm -hmm. i think the rise just keeps happening um and I keep talking to a lot of people about that, which is this program. The roots have been laid for a long time. And I just, I think this is like a tree that's taken a little bit longer to bloom and get to like where it is going to be. Um, we saw some of it early on, you know, like back to the Kyle Corver days, then, you know, kind of your senior class, Jay. And now where we're at is just, I just smile and I get goosebumps, man. Like, <laughs> Bro, it's it's crazy because like when I think about where we were at at like Vegas and Anaheim my senior year, which great tournaments for sure. Right. Like I'm I'm not knocking those tournaments at all, but Maui is just it's something completely different. Like I, I don't even know like like I've never participated. Just watching the boys participating made me feel that much better that I've been a part of the program that like, hey, these are the guys that have come a few years after me and this is where we're at now. Like, do you kind of feel the same sense too? hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think all the current guys have so much respect for who's come before them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tweeted a picture out from the Arkansas game, which is like the Creighton family is different. Like we have Whoa. a different bond of past mm-hmm. alumni, current players. It, it's, it's special. And I think you even feel it overseas, right? Jay, like you have all kinds of stories of, running into people and being like 
Jahens in the airport, like in a random European city. I, I, yeah. Well, the Crane family is spread across everywhere. First of all, that's number one. But the biggest thing that I have really is like when I talk about my Crane experience and how much I loved it, how much I go back every summer, like things of that nature. When I talk about that and I see like my teammates who have gone to other places, not at all have that experience and not at all enjoyed where they went to school. Like, like they've gone to, I don't want to, you know, throw any schools under the bus, but whatever schools they've gone through, they're like, dude, I'm never going back. Like I don't mess with the coach. I don't mess with my teammates. Like I told them to leave my number after my four years. Like those are real stories that like, obviously former student athletes now pro players have yeah. but it's like i i don't hear a lot of the stories of like hey i went to the school for four years and i was very happy that i did and i go back every summer and i really enjoy the people that i worked with played with every day like you don't hear those stories too often yeah i mean think about the number of our guys that now live in omaha over the summer <laughs> i don't think that's normal <laughs> you're you're right it isn't normal <laughs> and but like in a good way right like I, I think it's awesome that all of these guys have said when i'm not playing overseas i have a home in omaha that i own and that you know maybe my wife and my kids are going to stay in throughout the season and then i'm going to go back there because that is my home that is where i'm most comfortable that's where i want to be um to spend my off season i i, I just think that's like the ultimate from a coaching and a administrative standpoint to say all these guys want to come back. They want to be together even after they're done playing and they want their kids to grow up around their other teammates, kids. I don't have kids, neither do you, but there's, we have plenty of, of our teammates who do. Right. Yeah. And the other part too, is going back to a picture that you tweeted, like, our fans travel so well. I mentioned oh. going to Vegas, going to Anaheim. Like you, we had like those uh, hotel room uh, got uh, the send-offs. Yeah, the, send the famous crane send-offs in the hotel room. Even in those smaller tournaments, right? Like it happens in Missouri Valley tournament, it happens in Big East tournament. But like we're in Vegas, we're in Anaheim. This time in Maui, like you know what our fans are up to. Like they just want to send us off, wish us some good luck, and then you—they're the loudest people watching on the broadcast on tv so yeah it, it's a it's a crazy family that has been built obviously uh through the work of you know the giants before us like coach Mack loves to say like Raz has a big yeah. part of it uh dana altman has a big part of it coach Mack really carried on the tradition so man we we really look like we're a program that knows what it's doing <laughs> it's fun man it's fun even you know wearing blue jays gear around new york City. I could slowly see more people being like, I recognize oh, that yeah. it's not like a, a a foreign college mascot. And today I figured I should wear my new favorite sweatshirt representing oh. the new league that we play in. So not of new, course. not new anymore, but the, yeah. Are we still calling it the new big East? Cause that, that got pretty old halfway through. I, <laughs> I think, uh, I think we've, we've earned some, some street cred. Uh, shout mm -hmm. out to Jay Wright and Villanova for helping really establish that. But, the new the new big east is the big east we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get into these games that we were so fortunate enough to witness these past couple of days. Obviously, the first game against Texas Tech. What a tough, defensive-minded team Texas Tech uh, was. A Jays team that barely turns the ball over, turned it over five of their first six possessions. Took it, took about two and a half, three minutes of game clock before we got our first shot off. Uh, at tied 31 at halftime. Uh, obviously, their first major challenge for the Jays. Uh, what was your expectations going into the game, and how do you think the Jays responded in that first half of that Texas Tech game? Yeah, I mean – you can prepare as much as you want, but you cannot simulate what they do defensively, what Arkansas is going to do defensively. Uh, we'll stick to Texas Tech, but like there's a there's a, an element of just getting used to playing that physical, that much length, and you know refs that maybe are going to swallow their whistle a little bit. Oh, and by the way, it's a 9:30 a.m. tip off. How many basketball games, Jens, have you played at 9:30 a.m. since ninth grade? I was going to say, if it's not AAU-related, not a lot for sure. Like, I remember the – I mean, God, we were a team from Canada too, so we got no respect. I remember, like, some 815 tips that I had to, that was a part of, uh, like, freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. So, yeah, no, definitely not one that I would be happy about. Yeah, but I thought, you know, um, we settled down uh, – pretty nicely and obviously second half adjustments when you don't turn the ball over at all and you can sustain possessions the other fun fact i had was we scored at 1.2 points per possession which again Mm -hmm. texas tech has you know changed personnel they've changed coaches the last they didn't give up over 1.1 ppp last season and so you have to go back two Mm -hmm. years to the baylor team which by the way was pretty good and won a national championship I think they scored 1.28 um, mm-hmm. in the Big 12 tournament versus Texas Tech. So when we didn't turn the ball over, it was a bucket. And I think that's a lot to say about this offense. I, that's how, why I love having you on the show because you bring out all the analytics, all of that. I love having you on the show. For that. <laughs> that was a fun. I, I, I tried to I, I pulled deep into the Rob Anderson bag for that one. But, um, yeah, I thought really good debut for our guys. Uh, Texas Tech was fun to watch. Daniel Bacho, they're big, who doesn't really get a lot of love. He's going to be a good player, man. I think he had 17 and like 10. Runs the floor like a gazelle and just absolute high-energy guy, guy you'd love to have on your team. Um, But again, R5, super balanced, kind of shortened the bench a little bit. I think we had four bench points maybe. It was something – those first two games, it was four total bench points, so – uh, I, I like our five. We just got to figure out how we can implement the six, seven, eight, and nine, and and uh, get a little bit more production because we're going to need them. There's there's no doubt about it. A long Big East season is going to require some significant bench play. 
I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, the starting five was, you know, incredible. The three games for sure. Uh, definitely looking for a little bit more support off the bench. Uh, it is of my personal opinion that, you know, getting those bench guys into the game a little bit earlier might help out in the long run too. Obviously, Coach Beck is a genius. I'm not questioning what he's doing. I'm just speaking as uh, like the, you know, from the mindset of a player. If I'm coming off the bench, I like to get maybe a little bit of an earlier run to see if I could get myself a little acclimated to the rhythm of the game before having to come in when the game is really tight and when your mindset as a bench player is, oh, I just don't want to mess up right now. I don't want to turn the ball over. I don't want to do something stupid defensively. I think when you get that confidence going a little bit earlier, a la uh, Mason Miller in that last game, get him in, knock down a couple of threes, his confidence is up. Now he's a reliable guy down the stretch as well. But uh, you mentioned the center uh, for Texas Tech. Bouncy as all hell. Athletic as all hell. Man, he covered some ground. And what I really liked about the Jays is that we kept attacking. We weren't afraid, you know, to get into the paint. Uh, to either finish for ourselves or to dish off the big cocky who who had a couple of monster dunks in that game too. Uh, able to pull away from that Texas Tech game only to set ourselves up for <laughs> how best game of the year. This Arkansas team. How can I describe this Arkansas team? Uh, as feisty as they come, they talk their talk like I haven't seen in a really long time. They don't back down from anybody. That point guard, it was an absolute stud. Stud. Talk to me about your impressions of that Arkansas team because it looks like they've got a couple of pros on that team. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I, 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 yeah, Anthony Black, I mean, exclamation point. The guy is really good. And we, we were in on him, um, which that's just a whole other piece of where we're at as a program is these now top five, top 10, top 20, top 50 kids that we're going to keep playing against. We are – right there from a recruiting mm-hmm. standpoint. And I think it used to be like, oh, shoot, you know, one of these schools comes in, gives an offer, like uh, we don't have a chance. But now I, I think we can play with the best of them, mm-hmm. facilities, staff, NIL, booster base, et cetera. Um, yeah, Anthony Black was tough. I really like – I think he was a backup, the, the Brazil kid. Like he came in yeah. and knocked down a bunch mm-hmm. of threes, which, you know, we're going to drop. Kalkbrenner all night long and force their five to make threes. If he's going to do it, that's great. Uh, it's going to make things interesting. And he did, you know, kudos to him. Uh, there, there's two things. One, I think this team, this Arkansas team come March is going to be sick if they can very, very keep it scary. together. Um, but I'm also interested to see how they implement Nick Smith. I mean, he's their top ranked recruit. I think he's two or three in the country. He's an on-ball guy. And I thought Anthony Black was as good of a point guard as I've seen in college basketball. And he's six seven. He's he, he can see over everything. He can shoot it, and he moves incredibly well. So, you know, they can maybe implement some two two guard stuff. I think even us as Creighton, we see it um, with Trey Alexander late last year. And then uh, if we take Nevard off the ball and let Trey play the one, it, it's 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 fun as a coach to have that flexibility, but. I'm curious at Arkansas where you have potentially some bigger egos and guys really trying to move up their draft stock. How does that impact this team come March? And isn't that the thing that always tears the team apart is who the quote unquote man is supposed to be like, 
of, of course, like we're talking about an Arkansas team. This is a crane centric podcast, but like, I'm just so intrigued with this particular team because of all the talent that they have. The athleticism that they have by itself is maybe the most athletic team that the Jays are going to play all year. I'm ready to admit that it is the most athletic team that the Jays are going to play all year. Uh, to introduce another ball handler playmaker, if they're able to play nice with each other, they have a whole lot of potential, obviously, but we'll, we'll obviously keep tabs on them as the, as the year goes on and see how good of a team they could be. But another game that the Jays were tested uh, early and often uh, responded to every single one of those tests for sure. Uh, it is my opinion that uh, Ryan Nemhart played the best three collegiate games in a crane jersey of his career this weekend. He led the way uh, against Texas Tech. Uh, he was a leading scorer in this game. Uh, I think he had his career high 25, if I'm not mistaken, against Arkansas. Yep. Um, and ran the show beautifully. When he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned how the growth of Trey Alexander and the uh, arrival of Baylor was really going to help them. And it took a little while for me to understand that. Obviously, he didn't have the best games, the first four or five games of the season. I think he's still trying to figure out how to play with these guys. You know, yep. how, where can I get my spots? Where do I fit in? I think he's definitely figuring that out right now. What um, were your impressions of how Nemhard played? Yeah, he's he's been good. He's been really, really good. I mean, he's picking his spots. We were texting about him too, which is so funny. Yeah, and his, I mean, I don't know, his updated assist to turnover, it's got to be like 40 to 8. That's insane. I mean, a guy, mm-hmm. I think, you know, two things. I had a chance to talk to him a little bit at Big East Media Day. Two things I've seen with him. One is the leadership. Like, he's got a little bit more of a voice now. I think last year he 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 was a freshman, and it's hard to come in and be a point guard and run the show and, like, be well, a leader well, I as a know. freshman. I know. I yeah, don't yeah. love that shooting <laughs> And and I think the other piece is he's taken some dribbles out of his game. Um, he's not super dribble happy. He wants to get it moving as quick as possible. So well, I, he I, yeah, also doesn't point. have to be the main outlet guy anymore, right? Like Nick Baugh talked about this in a previous broadcast. You know, I got to give him pause for his insight on this. And it's another thing that really gave me like cause to pause a little bit was he mentioned how Neymar could run the show and be a secondary ball handler for a really dangerous team Baylor gets a ton of those rebounds on a defensive end and his ability to just push the ball uh create early offense if possible and if that doesn't work kick it out to a guy like Nemhard who can now in his own right off of a closeout create offense for himself and others that really just opens up his game I think we saw more and more of that this past week yeah yeah I mean one Baylor's an unbelievable defensive rebounder i I don't know if he just picks the right spots, kind of like your old teammate Doug. Um, but he is always around the rim, like easy rebounds. Let's let's get it and go, which I love. But yeah, to your point, you got three guys very capable mm-hmm. of bringing it up, running the show, and um, the throw ahead. He had a Baylor had a quick pass to Kalkbrenner in that Arkansas game for a dunk. That it was it went Nebhard, Baylor, Kalkbrenner, and. Remember we used to do that, the the fast break drill. You had to do it in like eight seconds or something. That had to be like three point yeah. five. It was the fast. I mean, just here's how here's how you win transition basketball. Boom, 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 dunk. Like that was I don't know. Right, ball never touches the floor, and if it does, it's just that one time. I remember that drill. That was one of Coach Murray's favorite. Where like 
it'll be fire transition. Everybody has to score and it's got to be under like six seconds or whatever that we get that layup on the other end of the floor. So it's a push ahead pass, one, two, dribble, layup, push ahead, pass, one, two, dribble, layup from the other guy, push ahead, pass, pass, big finishes, push ahead, pass, pass, the other big finishes. And yeah. finally the point guard has to finish on the other end. So yeah, th that's exactly like what that play reminded me of too, for sure. And uh, it's just, it's so exciting to see how quickly we could get the ball up the floor. Uh, it's, like I think about the pace that we played at and I always was like, that was a frantic pace and we are nowhere close to these guys. <laughs> well, to, in your defense, you had great games. So <laughs> just kidding. Uh, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. But but are you, oh no, he does not listen to this podcast. And if he does, great. I, I second that. This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Arizona in that final game of Maui Invitational, certainly no slouch of getting the ball off the rim and head manning the ball and getting early transition opportunities. You thought the Arkansas game was the best of the tournament. I think the Arizona game for me was the best of the tournament, and we both have good reasons for uh, thinking the way that we do, but it was a joy to see a, a little bit of a more classical version of basketball because Arizona had two bigs running down the lane looking for early post or a place where Craig might struggle a little bit this year, which is their interior defense. You would never think, you know, with the way that we we uh, you know scheme defensively that that would be an issue for us. But I think at one point it was like 22 to two points in the paint in the first half. So yeah. what, what what is traditionally, I guess, I guess not traditionally, since Cogbrenner's arrival on campus, the interior defense is something that we haven't had to worry about because he's been such a man among boys down there. How, what was weird about seeing Crane be pretty much dominated uh, in the paint like that? in the first half, especially. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's fatigue, you know, obviously Kalkbrenner rolled his ankle bad twice mm -hmm. uh, in that first game and come back, you play 35 minutes the next night, and then you got to play another 35 against this Ballo guy who, I mean, right now, clearly most improved player in the country. I, I mean, I mean, I yeah, don't he, really he's got remember him last that year. For sure. Well, the Jay Billis kept mentioning about how he's a Gonzaga transfer and the way Gonzaga's team is stacked right now, there's no chance he'd be getting on the floor. So this guy now just transfers with Coach Lloyd, which, by the way, you know, shout out to Coach Lloyd. Uh, I went to prep school with Mangisa Arap and Kelly Olenek. He was up there in Canada recruiting those guys super heavy. So I've met him a couple of times. Really good guy. He's carried on the tradition of recruiting internationally. He, they're the international Wildcats. I think there's the one American guy that starts. Guys are from Mali, from Estonia, Lithuania, uh, Sweden. Like, he's got guys from all over the place, and he's getting them to work in a cohesive unit. So, shouts out to him for that. I know how tough that is recruit and, and to bring those guys on campus. Like well, that. and to lose three guys to the NBA and still be ready to go. I mean... Benedict Mathurin is playing really good for the Pacers. You got two other guys that go pro. That's it is not easy to do. Like I, you know, people just assume this reload thing. It's it's really hard. Um, 
But, you know, yeah, to your point, <laughs> kudos to Arizona. I thought they were really good. I think that team is – this is probably overkill. They're a Final Four team. I mean, no no question about it. If Ramey can shoot it like that, mm-hmm. uh, the way their guards play, any team that has four seven-footers who are all – can walk and chew gum, and, and their bigs are more than capable of that, uh, they, they, they got a chance to be special. And to your point, I think Tommy Lloyd is a pretty good basketball coach. So – We'll, uh, we'll track their progression throughout the year, too. They did a really good job, obviously, of attacking the paint. I thought that was a really good eye-opening moment for a guy like Fred King, you know, who's kind of seen Cogburner really, like, dominate the opponent his first handful of games in his collegiate career. I think a guy like Fred could really kind of now understand what his position is going to be, especially in a game like that where you see Cogburner struggle a little bit early you take him out of the game, and now it's your turn to really, like, turn the tides if you have a chance to, at the very least, keep the ship steady before Big Cocky comes back into the game. Uh, obviously, like, any time that you get a loss like that, it's a big, like, learning experience for everybody, right? So uh, I think one of the guys who's really going to benefit from that is a guy like Fred, who now understands how important his role is as a backup center to come in and to provide that energy and effort and toughness and grit you know, that he's going to need in order to play, you know, because Coach Bank is only really asking to play three to four minutes at a time, you know, empty the tank and then reload again with Cockburner, who just got a rest. Um, down nine at half, the Jays managed to score 49 points in the second half to get themselves to a three-point game, four-point game a handful of times, but they just couldn't get over that proverbial hump how how tough was it for you to watch that thinking, you know, we're so close, we're so close. We just need one ball to bounce away and it never happened in that game. Yeah. I mean, very bittersweet. You get to the finals and it feels a little bit like the Big East tournament last year. Well, no, not as much. I mean, I, I have higher expectations of this team, but we did well, predict the, that. The Big East tournament last year, remember, like we were right there and then Gillespie, player of the year. <laughs> knocks down two giant threes. Like, hey, he got that at work for a reason and he showed up when his team needed him the most. That's one thing. Obviously, we have higher hopes for this year's team, but it did yeah. kind of feel like that a little bit. Yeah, three games. Um I I just I'm pleased, man. I'm 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 really pleased. I think, you know, from a fan standpoint, like how do we what do we what are we gonna get from bench production? I think mm-hmm. huge learning opportunities for Frederick. Um Sharif is still getting comfortable playing basketball. I think that's pretty apparent after essentially two years off. Uh, defensively, he's he's even maybe a step slow, so we got to get him back up to speed. And um, I thought Mason Miller's minutes were pretty good, to be honest. Uh, knocked down some big shots when we needed them, and then our starting five was was really solid. I I love Trey Alexander, and I I think he's got a chance to be good at the next level. I mean. He gets to his spot so well, Jay. Like that little twelve foot bank shot, he gets there all the time. And defensively, he's a pest. His arms are long. He's starting to really understand floor spacing and where he needs to be and running in and around screens. He had a really good tournament, and I don't. He probably didn't get as much credit as he deserved. Like I think Baylor and mm-hmm. Ryan Nemhard kind of got the the star the star power, but Trey was awesome. 
you are literally listing off all the notes that I had about when we had to talk about Trey Alexander. You're absolutely right. His super shot is coming along. He gets to the spot like so effortlessly, which is, I don't know. I keep thinking about the beginning of his freshman year last year where I was nervous every time he caught the ball in the half-court setting. And then now I'm like, find Trey. Give it to him. Like, make sure that he's ready to go. And, uh, yeah, his 12 to 15-foot shot is, like, he's – it's going in every time, basically. And then uh, kind of like Alex O'Connell last year, like, he's really accepting that defensive role uh, to just come in and, like, pester the best offensive perimeter guy. Uh and, and he's been really good at it. Like, I, I, lo- I love his guts. I love, like, how he's just accepting, like, hey, we need to be – we need me to be this guy defensively. Like, he's jumping into that uh, role and really excelling at it. So, yeah, I think Trey really showed up and showed out. He's not going to get as much credit as the other guys. And, you know, it's kind of like how Kyrie Thomas was. Like, he never got as much credit as for those teams, you know, Maurice Watson or Marcus Foster did. But without a guy like Kyrie, those two other guys can't do what they do. So I think Trey Alexander is really going to fit into that spot, too. And you mentioned earlier in the program that we're going to have a special guest today. You did talk about how you're in San Antonio at Dougie McBuckets' crib. Douglas Richard McDermott is in the building. What up, Dougie? Oh, my God. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I, I, feel like no, you're you're... Ex- I feel like you're just explaining yourself when you're breaking down Trey and – Marcus and Kyrie. No way. Those guys are way better than me, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're doing a podcast. Yeah, that's why I'm doing a podcast, and that's why they're hooping like crazy in Maui, for sure. How you doing, Doug? How you holding up? I'm good, man. Can't complain. 21 for this guy last night. How about that? Easy money. That's expected. Every every twice in a while. Every twice in a while. (laughs) That's so funny because – when you played the Raptors like not too long ago, and then my cousin like freaked out again, like Doug is doing it again because he had like a really good <laughs> every time he sees the Raptors, he has a really good game. For those of you who have been paying attention, Doug, I'm actually happy that you just walked in on us right now because you know I was just about to bring up what Coach Mack was talking about in that last post game against uh, Arizona. Talked about how proud he is of the guys. Obviously, like three games against that tough of competition they had the hardest road to the finals by far in the maui invitational and then to fall just show it to a really tough arizona team beat an extremely talented arkansas team and then texas tech's defense is going to be top five top 10 in the country uh talk to me about you know obviously like i know you're paying attention to these games talking about what you saw from the boys and then you know when your dad says something like that about like how proud he is of a team uh, to compete the, the way that they did, to fall just short, but understanding that it's a long season and there's a lot of things that they'll be able to, you know, learn from this Maui Invitational. Uh, what What's your take on it? And what what did you see from the boys in this Maui Invitational? Yeah, I was uh, I was just as pleased, you know. Obviously, we knew the expe- expectations were high this year coming into the season. And I think the scrimmage we had against Iowa State prepared us really well for – Texas Tech and Arkansas's pressure. I know we still turned it over a lot. Um, I blame the floor a little bit. It felt like we were slipping around everywhere. Terrible. I mean, I, I, had, anxiety. I had anxiety every possession watching that game. And, every uh, single one. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think, I mean, obviously we'd want to win that tournament, but at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt to kind of have that chip on our shoulder, get that back. We showed that we can play with anyone in the country. 
Um, and obviously we have our next test. It's Texas. Yeah. Um, but I feel a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. going to that game now um, compared to what I saw, you know, the first couple of games. <laughs> so I, I, we show we can play with anyone. And, you know, Texas is obviously a top five team and they turn you over as well. And it's going to it's gonna be a hell of a battle. But overall, I'm just really, really pleased with what I saw. Wow. You know, we got depth. St. Thomas was the only scare I needed, to be honest. <laughs> like, after that hey. first game of the season, I was like, "Woo! I don't know, boys. You got to show me some now. And then they obviously responded after that. Mike, you were going to say something? Yeah, they, uh, St. Thomas has a four-star. That kid turned down the Gophers, Iowa, Iowa State. I mean, good for them. Like, that school has money. They're going to be good. They'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. But the transition from D3 to D1 is a little different than the Valley to the Big East. So, Of course. Uh, It'll be fun to fun to follow that. Obviously, being a North Dakota guy, then being in, in Minneapolis, it's uh, easy to keep tabs on them. Well, Doug, you talked about the slippery floors in Maui. Like, it's not only us that have to deal with it. Obviously, like, I stayed back to scout the Arkansas game against Louisville. I mean, it's kind of weird to see a Louisville team struggle. Like, that's not traditionally what we know of a Louisville team, and they do not look that good. Shout out to my guy, Peyton Siva. If you ever hear this, I'm sorry, bro. I don't mean to talk trash about Louisville. But, yeah, it's just every team really struggled. Like, guys who got into the paint on a two-foot jump stop would slip, lose the ball. You'd be scared about, like, anybody, like, hurting an ankle or a knee. You saw Kalki go down a couple times, stepping on a guy's feet. But... At the same time, it's like guys who never could really get comfortable on that floor. I, I I don't know. I feel like that's been an issue in other Maui Invitationals, too. Like, watching it as much as I have, I remember, like, Zion slipping on the floor and, like, things of that nature, too. So that's the thing that they got to get fixed for sure. Yeah, we've had, some, we've, we've had some issues in these preseason tournaments, like the ones down in uh, the Cayman Islands, same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. but- Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of happening. I, I think we got to give Kalk a lot of credit. You know, I know, you know, the big fellow for Arizona got going, but Kalk rolled his ankle twice in that first game, and he was able to gut it out three days in a row. And Baylor, I think, rolled his ankle against – Yeah, uh, he, he did the same thing, and he played well um, in the final. So those guys are tough. You know, obviously Jeremy Jeremy's doing a great job with them strength-wise. Um, you know, I just – I think this team's really built um, for the long run, and it's it's exciting to watch. Yeah, it's about as good as a Big East tournament preview as we're going to get. Those three teams, high-level, uber-talented kids, a lot of pros that are going to make it to the NBA and overseas for sure on all three of those uh, teams. Uh, uh, you're going to be attending that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, give us. Yeah, I'm I'm qualified, so I might have a little <laughs> bit to say to uh, the guys in orange uh, uniforms. How many glasses of wine are you gonna have before that? <laughs> well, we, there's seven of us, Jay. You're gonna love it. It's me and and all the boys. I and cannot I, wait to watch that on TV, bro. You know me. I'll be up at 4 a.m. watching that for sure. Look for the baby blue quarter <laughs> zip. You know it's gonna be it's gonna be in there. Jay, how is your ankle, by the way? I guess we didn't even ask you about that. Yeah. Uh, so. I twisted my ankle for you guys. It's been a bit of a road to get back to full health. I feel like I'm like 90-ish percent now. 
I'm finally accepting the first, you know, defensive role, which is which means I'm like close to being back to 100. <laughs> percent I'm finally chasing all those guys off ball screens and down screens and all that stuff. So it's feeling much better. I appreciate you asking for sure. It's like you had a little bit of ankle issue last year too. So like I know you're asking from a place that's near and dear to your heart. Man. I hope that your health is holding up too. How are oh, you feeling? It's great. I feel good. I actually rolled it again last night, but I feel like oh, there's, not, of course. there's not much more ligaments left in it, so it doesn't really get swollen. <laughs> uh, but uh, I feel good. You know, the season's obviously, you know, we're we're going younger and mm-hmm. um, more of development season, but it's been it's been great. You know, these guys are really unselfish and obviously being with Pop again is amazing. We got a we got a lot of games left, but it's been going well and I'm just ready to see you on PS5, brother. Man, I'm waiting for yeah. you to lick me I up. Just, just, my mom, my mom just surprised me that so it's in my room now, so I can finally play it. All right, I'm gonna text you after this to make sure that we get our logins all swapped up, and then we'll figure out a good time for us to meet up. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, before I let you both go, obviously we got Texas coming up next. So, Mike, I want to get your you know, take on like what the, what we should be expecting from both teams, obviously. And then Doug, I'll have you speak on that a little bit too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see a. It's going to look a lot like Maui. Uh, it's just there's going to be a lot less blue in the arena. So, um, you know, a little bit of a I don't know if revenge game is right. Obviously, Christian Bishop transferred down to Texas. Thought he had a, a better opportunity to grow himself in his game. So. Uh, a little bittersweet, probably for some of our guys, uh, even our coaching staff. So that'll be fun. Uh, new new arena, you know. To be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Texas yet. Obviously, they blew the doors off Gonzaga. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not. Sh- I mean, I think Mark Few's got a pretty young set of guards that he's trying to get integrated. Drew Timmy, Player of the Year, but you need good guards to uh, to get things rolling. So we'll see. Um, I, I think I looked ahead. We're we're probably going to be six or seven point dogs. So. Um, you know, Vegas tends to have a pretty good feel on things, but uh, get our guys home. You know, they're, they're, they're going to celebrate, obviously, Thanksgiving in Maui. Long, long, mm-hmm. long travel home. And then next week, fly down to Austin, I would assume, Wednesday and suit up for probably our, our – I mean, it, it's a little unfair to say this, but it's probably the toughest road test we'll have. I don't know if anyone in the Big East I mean, is, is, is going to be as good as Texas. Uh, yeah, that's still yet to be seen. I think it's obviously going to be the biggest test so far, even though we lost a really good Arizona uh, Arizona team. Playing on a neutral site where it's pretty much 50-50 in the stands compared to like being on the road where it's going to be burnt orange all over the place, that's going to be something that is going to be you know interesting to see how the boys cope with that. Doug, your take on this upcoming Texas matchup? No, I, I, I agree with what Mike said. And, you know, I, I think Chris Beard is obviously a hell of a coach. Um but, you know, seeing Texas Tech, like I said earlier, in Arkansas, where, where Beard came from Texas Tech. So, you know, we, we have seen that style play a little bit, the way they want to turn you over, make the game ugly. Um, and, you know, obviously Tyrese Hunter, the Iowa State transfer, um, has been a game changer for them. So we're going to have to slow him down. But, you know, I think college basketball is so much about your guard play, and we feel like we got three or four really good ones. So, um you know, and Calk is obviously incredible at protecting the paint. So there's not much going to be happening at the rim. So we just got to hope we can shoot around that 40% mark and hold them, you know, under that. And it, it'll be a hell of a game. Just got to make sure we get that fan base nice and quiet early. You know, yeah, like yeah. I think that's going to be one of the things that 
we need to look forward to like knock down some shots early, quiet them down. They're going to make their run. We just have to withstand, uh, you know, the avalanche that's certainly going to come. Um, but yeah, I'm like, Mike, you got your ear to the ground. You're saying we're going to be six, seven points underdogs. We'll see. We'll see how the boys really respond to that first true road experience. And, you know, it's really just going to help them, uh, you know, further along. And as Biggie's play creeps up on us, like before you know it, guys, it's going to be December, whatever. And we're going to have market at home, Villanova on the road, all that good jazz. So, you know, we're, we're here. We're right here in the thick of things for sure. We are. Yeah, the only thing I would add, Jay, is, you know, a lot of guys keep talking like our dudes haven't experienced big moments. Um, mm-hmm. We we just won three games last year at Madison Square Garden. Yes, Alex is mm-hmm. gone. Yes, Ryan Hawkins is gone. There was 19,000 noise in the 1,000 Creighton fans. Then we go to the NCAA tournament, same thing. We're down 10 with two minutes to play versus the best defensive team in the country. And then we go toe-to-toe with the eventual national champion. So, like – I think the guys will be ready for the moment. Um, we'll see. I, I'm. We, we got to be better defensively. I think that's one huge, huge thing that uh, I would guess the coaching staff will kind of harp on leading up to the Texas game. Obviously, we, we've seen what the offense can do. Can we put together 40 minutes of just really, really solid defense? That's definitely going to be – it's been our calling card the last couple of years, so – I'm excited to see, you know, what the coaching staff plucks out of those film sessions to help the boys improve on that end of the floor. Obviously, it's not ideal to go 80 to 83 every game, you know, like we we probably want to see those numbers (laughs) be higher for us, lower for the opposing team. But yeah, nothing like Maui to really kick off, you know, what's going to be a super exciting season uh, as it rolls on for the boys. Any last word from you two? Uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time. First of all, Doug, happy Thanksgiving. Didn't have a chance to say that to you. Uh, obviously, I'm super thankful for our friendship over the years and all that good jazz. Like, you're my guy for life. You already know it. Heck of a cook. Heck of a cook. Heck, yeah. heck of a cook. Who cooked the turkey this year? Was it you? We'll send you a photo. It's nice. Ooh. Yeah, we'll get you a photo, man. <laughs> yeah, we ordered in some food over here. Like, like Europe, Europeans don't celebrate Thanksgiving like we do back in the States. <laughs> you get like three, you got like three Thanksgivings: Canadian, American, European, and yeah. European. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, any last words before I let you go? No, no. I think um, you know, great exposure for this program, this team. Um, excited for Texas. Excited. I mean, a great stretch coming up: Nebraska, BYU. Um, Arizona State, and I just I get goosebumps, man. Like we are so relevant on the national level, and it's because of guys like you two. It's because of the Corvers. It's because of the Dana Almonds. Like mm-hmm. Creighton basketball. If there's a stock chart that's trending up to the right, that's exactly what it looks like. And you know, this season, super excited. Hopefully, we can connect a little later on. Maybe a little Big East preview, like we did last year. Uh, Big well, let's East do preview. it. And, let's uh, do it that time is keeping up on us so we definitely have to schedule that my uh my thoughts and prayers are with your sleep schedule as you have to stay up <laughs> for the games this year <laughs> thoughts and prayers for sure for my sleep schedule doug any last words man just happy thanksgiving to everyone out there i know we're recording this so it might be later but you know we're all thankful for blue jay nation um and creighton basketball you know it's uh it's gonna be a hell of a year and you know, there's going to be some ups and downs, but I think we got a really good team led by a really good coaching staff. So um should be a fun season. Hell yeah. And we're going to be there, 
you know, talked about it every single step, step of the way. These guys are familiar with the show. Anytime I, you know, text them, call them, ask them to come on the show, they're always willing to come on and give their expertise takes on everything creating basketball. So I appreciate you guys coming into the J with me one more time. Obviously, love you guys. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Thankful for everything that, that, everything that you guys are to me, for real, for real. Um, and again, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network, you guys, for all good things creating basketball on this particular podcast and everything else that we're doing, talking about collegiate hoops around the nation. This has been Michael Vandervoort, Douglas Richard McDermott. I am your host, Jahens Lee Maniga, since I'm giving out government names for everybody. <laughs> I appreciate you guys listening to us. Happy Thanksgiving, and as always, go Jays. Go Jays. Go Jays. Go Jays.